Hello and welcome back to the Comeback Podcast. Today you're joined with your favorite podcast sisters and special guests. Uh, so just sit down, hold tight, and grab your Pepsis, your teas, or your finest tap water. This one's for all the cousins. Woo! <laughs> uh, Lexi, let's do your intro here. That quick, hey? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't mess around here. We got a new new lyrics for you that I made up 30 seconds ago. Welcome to the podcast where we talk about your comeback. It's me, my sister, and our special guest. Woo! The yeah. Comeback Podcast. <laughs> Alrighty, so today our special guest is Creason Creason Adjakut. Oh my goodness, Creason Adjakuti. <laughs> I'm so sorry. How do you say your last name? <laughs> Christian's his alter ego. It's a little hard one. It's, it's a little hard. Yeah, Ajkate is how you say it. Okay, Ajkate. Okay. <laughs> is there a French background for that? It's it's a it's a Cree last name that's kind of anglicized. Um, so the Cree version is the Chikate. Oh, okay. It's mud hen. Um, but since English and Cree has been mixed, it's it's Ajkate now. Oh, okay. Um, I was always, some of my family members actually have been switching it back to the Cree way. Mm-hmm. Um, so my cousins and my, and my nephew, uh, more specifically, they've been, they switched their name back to that. And my, my one nephew is taking Cree classes and he's becoming a real expert at speaking Cree. So he switched his name back to a Chikate. Oh, okay. That's nice. I like it. I'm going to learn the pronunciation for sure so that I yeah. do not mess it up ever again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Like formally on government documents? Yeah, I, I could see him doing that one day. You know, um, yeah. he's becoming a real expert in Cree, leading the way. He wants to become um, the next uh, Darren Okamason. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, because wow. he, he recently passed away and he was learning under Darren and his guidance. Um, so he wants to honor his life mm. that way by, uh, by teaching Cree. In at the First Nations University, so he's working closely with Solomon Rat right now. Oh yes, yes, yes. He's, I actually he's took, doing a phenomenal job. Yeah, I took a class with Darren Okamasum, and he was so, just such a beautiful speaker. He was actually going to do a comeback story for us, um, but with the, like with his treatments, and then I was also dealing with my accident too. We had never been able to like sit down, but I did take pictures of him from when he was teaching in the class uh, the one day because I was going to use it for a story. But so I really wish we would have been able to. He was such a beautiful soul. Yeah, I got to take a couple classes with him and. Yeah, uh, best classes at university ever. Best yeah. classes. Yeah, that's so awesome. Well, I'm like so happy you come from like a really good background of solid like indigenous people and it just shows like through who you are and like what you've been able to like accomplish, you know, so at such a young age too, right? Now you're on like a national television news and it's just amazing to like see you grow because I mean like we've kind of known each other through like the grapevine of everyone of you know growing up in Regina and now to see you on like a national uh platform and you know representing uh as an indigenous person is so vital to like our successes and just to see like a lot of young kids can look at you and say like you know he looks like me and I can see me on those like forefronts of you know, are, are just, it's amazing. So I'm really proud of you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Would you um like to introduce yourself? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Your dives in. I'm so proud of you. But <laughs> yes. yeah, I can, I can introduce myself. Um, my name's Creason Ashkate. I was born in Saskatoon and I grew up on Kawasis First Nation, uh, just north of uh, Yorkton, uh, or part of me, south of Yorkton, north of Broadview, in the Capel Valley. I grew up there from grade two to grade 12. Um, and then I uh, got into university in Regina at the First Nations University and the University, and, and the university of Regina uh, later after that. Um, and then I started working for CTV in 2008. Wow, and already. It's been my life so far, yeah. <laughs> so 12, really, really young, yeah. And how old are you right now? 
33. You're 33. Oh, my goodness. Well, you don't look like you're 33. You look young. Mm. You still look like you're 19. Lots of water. Lots of water. <laughs> Your finest tap water. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, like, what kind of was, like, your upbringing? Like, how did you kind of grow up? Like, you grew up in the uh, Valley area and stuff. And so, like, what was kind of your, yeah, what was it like? Well, I lived in Kawasis from grade 2 to grade 12. Um my aunties were my teachers a lot of the times. A lot of my family members were teaching me. So, so that was a nice uh, and beautiful upbringing on the reserve in terms of the community raise, raising you, mm -hmm. literally. Yeah. And a lot of my classmates were my cousins. Um, so I, I had a really good childhood in school uh, learning uh, with my aunties and, and my other teachers who... Uh, we're just all great, great, really good teachers uh, teaching me the basics and everything. Um, and when I wasn't in school, I'd be playing outside with my cousins and my friends um, in the creek, mm. uh, at the park. Uh, we were living in the Capel Valley, so it was the perfect playground. Um, you know, uh, two lakes, the Crooked Lake and the Round Lake. I We do all our swimming in the Crooked Lake. And uh, I would bike everywhere. And in the wintertime, um, Ochapoy Ski Place was still a thing and it was still opened. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in the wintertime, I would go snowboarding with my friends. Um, and then in grade 10, I got a skidoo. So I was skidooing everywhere. Oh, yeah, that's game changing. Yeah. So it was it was a lot of fun um, growing up in Kawasis. It was it, it was just gone like that. And then all of a sudden I was in grade 12 and I had to, I had to move away and go to university. Yeah. How um, was that transition? What's that? Like, how was the transition from like going from, you know, res life to city life to, to further your education? I really didn't want to go. Um, I remember t telling my mom, I don't want to go. Um, being away from my community and that support uh, of knowing everybody and then having to move into a city where you don't know anybody. Um, you have to take the bus, this weird big bus to school every day, public trans transit. Um, my, my uh, you know, trying to figure out how to get to class every day was a struggle at times. And then just, you know, being fresh off the reserve from Kawasis and having to do presentations in front of, you know, a lot of students you don't even know so that was uh, a bit hard to get out of my shell. I was still very shy. Um, I, and I would be so nervous to do presentations in front of the classrooms and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but one thing that helped me with the transition was moving um, from Kawasis to Regina was the First Nations University with their small classes. Mm -hmm. That was a, a really cool transition. And a lot of people that I was going to school with. Uh, some of them were my family members or distant relatives. And, and some of them were in the same boat as me, um, kind of dealing with that culture shock as well. Um, so I felt like I wasn't alone. Yeah. And so the First Nations University was, was really good that way in terms of the classes being small. They weren't these big auditoriums like at the U of R or, or any other university. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They've done a really good job at being able to create a community there. I found I took a few classes there through my undergrad and it was they're just very friendly and welcoming and it's and it's a nice place to hang out. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely feels it's, like home. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting to compare the transition like the the comparison between like being shy to doing your like public speaking in your first year classes to now being like on national news. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, quite quite the change um, to 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 do that from here to there, and um, I, I I really credit my teachers and and my professors and and my teachers at CTV Regina and CTV Saskatoon later um, to help me with presentation. I, I kind of learned that all on, on the go. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. not something that necessarily has come naturally to you. 
Or no, I, I, I remember being in grade 12 and grade 11, and I didn't want to get in front of the classroom, even on, on my reserve in Kawasis. Uh, my, my English teacher uh, would make us do presentations in front, and I'd be so nervous. I didn't want to get in front of the classroom. So, and even when, my, when I started CTV, um, I was told to go and interview this person on Scarth Street, uh, just downtown for this farming convention or something. And I remember being so nervous and my hand shaking and not knowing what to ask. And yeah, it was just getting out of your shell and, and continuing to do it over and over again until you get good and become confident with yourself. Mm-hmm. Do you still get nervous now? Um, not so much now. Um, I just know that I have a job to do and I need to get it done. So the confidence is there. It's, it's, it's the, the way you tell a story nationally uh, with regards to locally. There's a different style of, of, of telling it, and there's a different, different way of gathering the elements to put the story together. Um, and that's a learning curve. So that's what I'm dealing with right now. Um, luckily, I have like so much great people on my team in Toronto and Ottawa who help me. Um, over the phone or through email. So, and even in, even at the station. So that's, yeah, no, uh, the confidence thing is, is, is easier now. Um, I went to a, an event with the prime minister and it was just another day in the office. That's amazing. All right. I'm going to step up to the mic and I'm going to ask him some questions and yeah, no, it's, I've seen him probably about six times now. Yeah. And there'll be more. There'll be more times where I'll go to events where he's speaking and I have to ask him questions. That's like kind of like, I feel like lots of people talk about this when you think about getting good or building good habits. It's like, well, the Beatles didn't become the Beatles overnight necessarily. It's like they spent hours and hours playing like these mini shows in London and then came to America and then became great. So it's like kind of a testament to that. Like you put in a lot of work to get where you are and it's not just not just like the luck of the draw or talent necessarily. It's like, how hard do you kind of want to work? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if that means getting out of your shell or getting out of uh, something you do, agreeing, telling yourself you can do this mm-hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. and sticking to that. Um, I remember driving to events and thinking, oh my gosh, what am I going to ask? And trying to think of questions on the way. And um, it's, a, it's a lot of, this job is a lot of uh, thinking on the go. Did you mm-hmm. like ever find that you had like maybe like imposter syndrome, you know, like when you're thinking like, cause you're in these big spaces that are definitely not like predominantly white. Right. Um, and so kind of, you know, I just think to myself, like when I'm in certain situations, like in school or when I've talked publicly and I've always just kind of felt like I'm like, like you have to kind of tell yourself that like you belong there and stuff, but have you ever, like, how did you, if you have, how did you kind of work through that in your brain to tell yourself like, yes, you belong here in this room that might not, no one else might not look like you. I go back to thinking that as Indigenous people, um, we haven't been in at the decision-making tables of many places, whether that's in government, municipal, uh, federal, and even just in regular day jobs, and especially in media and reporting. So um, I, I look at it as our Indigenous people need to be at these tables and we need to be represented and we do belong here and we do have a voice mm-hmm. and we're going to take up that space um, because it's been missing for so long and um, you know that takes time and I think the more and more as we we get get through here there'll be more people that will be taking up those roles and we're seeing that day to day our indigenous people are becoming judges and lawyers and doctors and and they're becoming this expert voice and people are are looking for that voice and looking for that expertise so it's changing it's coming Mm -hmm. yeah i want to kind of take it back to maybe the origin story we all know that you're like a ctv news reporter and that you've made it to national news but kind of it seems to be that there was like an 
a relative emphasis on education because you left the reserve and had troubles going to university initially, but there must have been something there that made that so important, like so valuable to your heart. So why was education such a, a big thing? Or, yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, my mom's rule, uh, living under her household on Coesis, my mom's Claudia Ajikoti, or Ajikote. Um, her rule was go to school every day and get your education done mm -hmm. uh, and work hard and you'll get what you want in life. And that was the rule. Um, always wake up, always go to school and get your grade 12 done. Oh, you're done your grade 12? Okay, now go to university. Um, so that was the rule. And um, our time, she'd go to work every day. She'd drop me off at school and then she'd go to work. She'd get home and she'd make supper. So our time together in the evenings was around the TV, watching, having our dinner and watching the TV. So we'd watch CTV Regina at six and then I'd go off and play and we'd come back and I'd watch the, the, the national news at night at 10 sometimes if I stayed up long enough. Um, and I remember watching Nelson Bird, um, the, the uh, former host of CTV's Indigenous Circle and thinking to myself, wow, you know, like he's, he's in Holland, he's traveling all across the world and, and doing this job and talking to people, talking to leaders. I was like, that looks mm -hmm. like a really fun job. So seeing myself uh, in him. And I remember saying one night to my mom, you know, you know what, mom, I want to do that job one day. And I just said it out loud and, and I just put it out there in the universe and uh, just carried on and continued with that focus to get school done in grade 12 and then go to university. And somehow my life path um, ended up, I got to work with Nelson later in 2006 or 2007 uh, for the Inca program, Indian Communication Arts, he was teaching. So I got to learn under him. And then that's how I got my foot in the door later on was um, he asked me to apply at CTV Regina when there was an opening. So, yeah, just putting your dreams out there to the universe and, and sticking to that, having a goal and sticking to it. Mm -hmm. Have you ever shied away from news reporting? Like, is there any point in your life where you're like, maybe I want to go do something else? Because it seems like you kind of knew what you wanted and you went and got it. And I find for like a lot of us, we're kind of like all over the place being like, I don't know what my purpose here on life is, or I haven't really found what's right for me. Um, growing up in, in, in high school, my marks were really high in writing English mm. and digital studies. And I kind of stuck to what I knew and what I was good at. And when I applied mm. for university, um, my, my university, uh, student helper was, uh, Bill Twist, or Tom Twist, pardon me, Tom Twist. And, and he said, you should take this Inca program. So I kind of always stuck to what I was good at. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that doesn't usually work for everybody, but that worked for me. Um, yeah, that's, that's, I was really good at writing. Um, for the, I remember being in the Inca classroom during the summertime, and we were doing print, online print. We were doing radio, and then we had to do broadcast. Uh, television and I remember coming to school late one day I was just I was I, I think I missed the bus or something and I was just half asleep and I came in and all the students were like yeah let, let Creason do it he can do it and I'm like what are you guys talking about yeah Creason you can you can host the show I'm like I don't want to host the show I was like I don't even know anything about hosting a show and um so they voted and they picked me and my friend Cassandra pick a cue and we we hosted a a half hour show called eyes on the street. And I remember I had to do standups um, as a host standing in front of the camera and remembering my lines and, and talking about a story and then throwing to it. And then the, the, the my friend's story would come up mm -hmm. and we're being so nervous, like saying fine, like 20 times trying to remember it, and I still can't remember it. And that difficulty of trying to remember what to say, and then just getting out of your shell and getting in front of the camera, it was it was so hard and I felt so awkward. Yeah, but 
I like applaud you for that because I went to this like this yes 2020 or 2019 conference and we had to do like these challenges and we had to make a news clip like a commercial for the government and it was like this challenge and I stood up and I was like it will be easy like I'm a conversationalist I'll do this and I like stood up and I was like ah. <laughs> uh, and then I like was trying to read it and then I was like okay it's literally like 10 words that I'm saying and then I stood back up and then I was like oh I can't do it and, like the lights and the cameras and I was like <laughs> and it took me a couple tries but we did it and then we won it <laughs> but it was like it was challenging to like put yourself in front of like these and I mean ours is not on a national or like you know a provincial it was just a competition but like to kind of put like to challenge your brain and to make yourself like comfortable in like those moments and you're like I don't know what to do but you just kind of got to go with it and like put your best self forward and <laughs> hope it works out yeah you saying that reminded me of like when the the news reporter came and interviewed us last week and it was over zoom I wasn't even in the room with her and she's like okay your time to talk and I was like uh i like couldn't even look at my camera because i didn't want to look at her and i was like so nervous <laughs> but also like interesting to think like as your job i'm sure you interview a lot of people are, that are nervous so how does that like what skills do you need to like be able to make that more natural for them um you i i kind of give them reassurance when i'm interviewing somebody and they're really nervous or it's their mm -hmm. first time doing an interview with media I tell them that uh, this is for a story, it's tonight, it's not live, it's mm -hmm. pre-recorded, so if you mess up, you can start over. Me and you are just having a conversation, the only thing different here is that the camera is on you and maybe the light is on you as well. Um, mm -hmm. But just look at me and, and explain um, your answers to my questions the best way you know how. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, most of the time, after we're done, they kind of like exhale and they're like, oh, but you know, that wasn't that bad. That was pretty easy. You're, you're, you, you kind of put me at ease. It's just kind of talking them out and, and being their coach before the camera comes on. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Yeah. What a sense. Um, I just realized, you guys, that we didn't really do like an update of like in high and low and like how are you? We kind of just like jumped in. I think I got nervous. <laughs> <laughs> we are always like when we when we start we usually are like what's your high of the week and what's your low of the week? <laughs> well we'll finish we'll do that Can one I at the end of the show the podcast now <laughs> we'll do that at the end because lexi has some like really great news we've had like our followers are beautiful because they like well lexi will be talking or i will be talking about something and they'll like send us like links like people will like inbox us or dm us links to like the things that like we're interested in and so like lexi's was talking about a program one time and somebody sent in like a uh, a master's program that she could go to and then yeah so um so yeah we'll we'll do that at the end of the episode we'll keep going with this but um i think we wanted to ask you a story about like kind of storytelling and like um what is like a good because like us as indigenous people our oral storytelling was how we kind of you know learned everything it was a part of our everyday lives um and it was kind of lost throughout you know colonization and stuff and so now we're kind of bringing it up and like you do what you're doing and now we're kind of doing you know with the podcast and bringing these stories and so how do you tell a great story and what kind of components do you um are are vital into like a story for you um in my eyes, a really good story where I have fun putting the story together um, is using all the elements that I can use in broadcast. Um, so when I was a VJ, a video journalist, um, where I would shoot all my stuff, do all my own interviews and, and do my stand-up by myself and set up the camera just right. Um, if there was a story with a lot of sound and there was a really interesting character, um, I would just, it, I would be in my glory. I would have so much fun putting it together. I did a story about this, uh, this guy who was canoeing or, or kayaking across the country um, through the waters. And he finally made it to Saskatchewan. So I, I reached out to him and I messaged him. We did the story and I, I drove out and I ran, ran into him in the Kapow Valley. And I just filmed him canoeing 
and, mm-hmm. and him give, kind of giving me a show and tell of, of, you know, what it takes to kayak across this country. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so much fun putting that story together. And he was such an interesting guy. And I even got like a, a Métis historian um, to talk about um, how the Métis used the water to, to um, navigate this country. Um, so it was a really fun story because he was a Métis man himself who was traveling across the country. Amazing. Um, so using the tools that I have um, and maximizing those tools to tell a story in just two minutes is, I, I have so much fun when that happens. Mm-hmm. The waterways go, you can take a waterway from coast to coast? That's what this guy did. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> but it's really hard, like, um, because yeah. we're, we're having a lot of um, drought during the winter mm-hmm. and the summertime. He had to portage a lot through the Kapow Valley. Um, the, the, the waters weren't high enough for him to even kayak. Wow. So How long did it he, take? Was, it was really hard for him to, to go through just by water. How long did it take him to get across? Um, he was in, like, right across Canada. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably the whole summer, I would say. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Weather permitting. But... Yeah, he, he went all the way to out here in Ontario, right up to the end. Um, I never did ask him, like, when did he complete? Because yeah. um, I only got him halfway of his journey. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. He would have had really strong biceps. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah he was a big guy, just real stocky. <laughs> just the stocky uncle. <laughs> yeah. His name was uh, Joe Mackay. Joe Mackay. Well, maybe we'll have, maybe we'll message him. We'll find him. And, Joe and Mackay to the podcast. Yeah, Joe yeah. Mackay. I'm writing it on the, on our board here, and we will, uh, we'll find him and we'll ask him. We'll say that we, uh, we know. He lives him. in the mountains in BC, and he does uh, guided tours. Oh. I think he's, st- I think he's still somewhere. He's, he's working. I, I see him sometimes on Twitter. I follow him still. We'll have to get a Twitter. We'll bring the podcast to Joe Mackay, actually. <laughs> yeah, we're in. Lexi is, uh, yeah, I guess tell everyone your news, Lexi. That's a good transition there. What's my news? What's your news? Tell them. That Should I got a job? Yeah, doing? Oh, yes. Today I accepted a job tree planting this summer. <laughs> Ooh, I was like, is that the news? Because I thought I told them last time that I was doing that. No, you Thanks. said that you were I'm applying. hoping it. Yeah. So I had an interview last week and it went super well. Kind of like a person's ability to interview is like big because this girl was like super friendly and she's like making me feel at home and she's like laughing with me and she's like, I'm getting off subject. I'll bring it back and I'll bring it back. And I was like, I want to work with you. Like, you were so friendly and she's, and it was, it just like went super well. And I was like, I feel like I got that job. And then she emailed me this weekend saying that I got the job in the camp that I wanted, which is nice because I find oftentimes tree planting can be like a young party scene. And I kind of told her I'm like 87 <laughs> internally. So I was like, so do you have a camp that fits like my internal soul or, and she's like, yes, we do. And I was like, could I go there? And I did, I got there. So I'll be maybe reading books and planting trees and, drinking coffee we'll start in williams lake bc and then migrate to alberta i think eventually throughout the summer my gosh that's gonna be such a beautiful journey Mm -hmm. it's kind of i've been looking for a way to get out of regina in the sense that i have like a very adventuring extreme outdoor personality or like internal person in me that needs to like explore what that looks like and so this was kind of one of the outlets that I was like, well, maybe I can make that happen this way and it'll force me to go. So that'll, that'll be, that'll be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping to see where that takes me over the next couple of years. Cause I always think like I'll go on trips to the mountains and there'll be people like running. And some of my friends are always like, you're a little like too extreme. And I'm just like, no, just put your head down and go up the mountain and cry maybe while you're doing it. And you get to like this little dark black place that you don't want to be, but eventually you get up and like, that's the fun of it all. And they're like, no, you're too extreme. And I'm like, but there has to be a community. I know there's a community out there that agrees with me that this is like what they like to do in their fun time. And so I'm trying to find that community to see where that takes me. And maybe I'll be guiding with Joe. (laughs) <laughs> that's so cool mm-hmm. 
that's that's and then you you know you're also doing good for the environment we need more trees yeah so more trees. and the company i work with like it's called next generation reforestation and they have like really good values like better values trying to make the tree planting industry like better for better generations hopefully so it's nice to be with a company i relatively align with and one that's like replanting for a mining industry <laughs> so no Right on. Good on that part. Yeah, that's super exciting. I'm a little sad because, you know, it's my sister and stuff, but I'm excited to like see her like grow. This is something that she's talked about for so long. And, you know, she's, it's been years that she's kind of wanted to just go. So I'm excited to like see like the growth and the process of like her leaving the nest and to do it. So we're going to have to find another podcast host. So if any of our viewers, Creason, Hala, if you want to <laughs> be my co host. <laughs> I think it's like maybe important to discuss like I as much as I say like this is like a good opportunity a good dream like I'm absolutely terrified like I got my job offer like two days ago and I only accepted it today because I was like I'm not ready for change and it like scares me to death even though that's what I said I've been wanting to do and now that I have to go I'm kind of like panicking but I think it's like good to discuss those parts of it as well because I know it'll all work out in the end and it'll all be what it's supposed to be, but it's still scary to put yourself out in new situations that you were once super excited for. Not that I'm not excited for. Change is just very hard to process. Mm-hmm. And so like yeah. with Creason, like when you move from a provincial, like right, because you were in CTV Regina and then you moved to a national. So did you kind of have that fear as well of like, you know, moving and change and, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that totally came. I, I totally understand what Lexi's going through because I've been going through it right now. Um, mm-hmm. happened to, to, uh, my first little move was going to Saskatoon. I, was, I did a, a quick reporting stint there at Saskatoon. And then mm-hmm. I had to move again and go come out here to Ottawa. And, you know, what that means is being halfway, like all the way across the country, uh, for your job and you're away from your family and and it's, it's been hard it's been hard on me it's been hard on my family it's been hard on my partner Tessa mm-hmm. it's been hard on on our kids uh, moving out here mm-hmm. not knowing anybody um, but a lot of phone calls mm-hmm. a lot of uh, playing Xbox with our family members um, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's 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 getting a little easier, but it's still it's still difficult, especially moving, moving across the country. And and Lexi, you'll go through that too. But I think you know our fans are are always just a phone call away, and that phone call always helps. Yeah, the FaceTimes. Yeah. It'll be a live podcast from the bush, and I think that'll <laughs> re- replenish my spirit. That would be really cool. We'll have to like get you one of those like m- like the wireless Wi-Fi boxes or something that you can like use once a week so that we can record. Because <laughs> like I really don't want to let you go on the podcast. <laughs> I, I don't want to go either. But I yeah, it's something. I think it's something to be said. Like you don't grow when you're comfortable. Like, do you feel increasing like you've grown a lot since moving out to Ottawa? Yeah, I'm like every day when I come to the office, um, um, I look out my window and I can see Parliament and I'm doing a story half the time that I know nothing about at times. Mm-hmm. So I'm researching and I'm reading or, or my assignment editor gives me a heads up of what story I'm going to be working on the next day. So in the mm-hmm. evening, I'll be reading a story and, and trying to wrap my brain around it before I and then having to contact all the experts and people involved about it. So, and that that's with every reporter. Um, mm-hmm. There's always a story that any reporter will do and they may not know nothing about until they do the story. And they're like, I, now I know so much about this. It's, it's like going to class. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm growing a lot and learning a lot here. And there's still so much that um, I'm, I'm going to learn because with COVID, um, Parliament Parliament is somewhat closed right now, and everybody, all the politicians, are are doing uh, media interviews uh, from home. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't had that taste of 
all the media on the hill and doing the big scrum with all the other national reporters. Um, mm -hmm. That may not be until a year and a half from now, once everybody gets vaccinated. Mm -hmm. uh, but that will be a big change. That will be like, my eyes are going to probably be big the first day I'm on the hill and all the other reporters are yelling questions and I have to try and get my question in there. Just yeah. use your big uncle voice and just say, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> just yell at the top of my lungs. I'm really soft spoken. So I'm like, I'm always like, excuse me, sir. Like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not really the yelling excuse type. Excuse me, or I'm the indigenous. Type. <laughs> just say that. Excuse me, I'm indigenous. I get first pick. Thanks. Yeah. Excuse me, do you have a second to talk about politics, please? <laughs> <laughs> totally be on my first day. Totally. <laughs> I'm excited for you to like do that. So we'll have to definitely reconnect and like see how like your first day went with like on the hill. Yeah. It's like so exciting. I'm so excited to like see and I'm just so like proud of you to like see you in like this light and to, you know, reconnect with you now and just to see like how far you've come and you know, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, funny, like weird question, because like we're Facebook friends, so like, you know, we're besties. Um, oh. but like how's like the neighbor situation? Cause like I see that like you're with stairs, so you must not be in the apartment anymore. But like uh, this is still the apartment. This is oh. where the neighbor situation was happening. We we had some really loud neighbors. Um unfortunately they, they are they left now, so everything's okay, everything's quieter. Um, did they leave bad. because you asked them to leave or did they just see their way out? No, it was it was time for them to leave and they left. Um, <laughs> so it was it was it was quite a an adjustment. Uh, many nights uh, trying to sleep and hearing music and everything. So that was, that was fun. That was interesting. Yeah, I bet. Um, I have no, like you have stairs in your apartment. Like you're rich, rich. <laughs> oh, no, this is, uh, this is where we're staying for now, but uh, oh, okay. <laughs> I've been moving into our, to our own home. Oh, okay. Oh, that's uh, exciting. Yeah. Really so settling down in Ottawa. Yeah. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta, it's really expensive in terms of the the pricing in in Ottawa. Mm -hmm. we're, we're thinking of maybe uh, living in Gatineau, right across the river in Quebec, uh, where the prices is a little bit cheaper, but the taxes are higher. So there's that. You got to find that balance. Oh yeah, yeah. You want to live, but yeah, the the pricing here in terms of living is really expensive. Oh, I bet. I a three bedroom was I think a three bedroom was uh, twenty five hundred. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, it's it's pretty wow. expensive. That's crazy. Yeah, we pay um I like eighteen hundred and we have like it's like a pretty big house, but it's like double car garage, right? Like it's super nice. But like and I mean that's expensive for Regina. So I can't imagine three bedrooms at twenty five hundred. Yeah, it's really it's really expensive here. That's why we're thinking about going across the river. And like that's, I think, isn't it like pretty close to Parliament, like Gatineau to? Like, yeah, right across the river. So Parliament is here, then there's the Ottawa River mm -hmm. and Gatineau. It's it's another city, so that you have Gatineau on one side, Ottawa on the other. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I went there. I traveled there one time for a conference, and I just remember we were driving, and it was it seemed really close. Yeah, yeah. Quebec border, right across, right on the river. Bringing it back to a little bit about your job and a little bit about storytelling and telling stories, I have a question that I would like to get your insight on. Just like thinking about like, if we see like, think about indigenous people in the news, oftentimes it's not in like a great light or a great aspect. And I think um, indigenous circle does a really good job of combating that. But I was wondering what your experience has been with like, finding a balance between telling like indigenous issues and indigenous hardships and kind of like trying not to glorify that on the news while also telling like indigenous stories of success. Yeah, there's always a balance with that. Um, I was fortunate with indigenous circle that I could focus on just strictly positive stories um, for indigenous circle, mm -hmm. whether it was um, uh, covering a powwow and what a powwow is or, or, doing profile stories on indigenous artists or or indigenous athletes and, mm -hmm. and showing their success that's that's the big thing that we wanted to do in indigenous circle was was tell our stories but also show our successes 
because um, right up until the mid 90s, even into the 2000s, a lot of the times, like you said, um, indigenous people were only on the news if they were involved in crime or or something negative. So there was yeah. that ne- negative stereotypes that other, like everybody else in Canada would only see. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're so much more than that. Um, and we have so much stories and we have our own stories to tell. Um, so and that was the reason why Indigenous Circle was was made, was to um, stop the, the negative stories and show our positive stories on the news. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was very fortunate uh, to do that over the many years. And, and now here, I got to do a story about uh, Cody Coyote. He's a up-and-coming well, I wouldn't say up and coming. He's an he's an artist, and, mm-hmm. and he's working on his third album right now. So I was able to, you know, tell a national audience about his work and where he's going and what he wants to do, and just explain um, where he's coming from, because mm-hmm. we all have a story in terms of where we come from, especially in this country. And uh, with Indigenous people, sometimes there's things that happen in history where we're where we get held back and a lot of people don't understand why. So it's good in the, in the journalism world where we, we can explain that and we can explain the situations in the past. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's amazing. Um, did that answer your question? I hope that did. No, it did. And like in a better way than I expected, because it's kind of like we've made a full on transition from like telling the hardships to just telling stories of success. And that's, that's what we love to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's like why we started the podcast was so that we were able just to kind of, you know, allow other like allow our listeners to hear all of like the success stories. And and it doesn't even have to be at like we're like we just want to hear where indigenous folks are at right now. It doesn't have to be that, you know, they're, you know, glorified or whatever. They could just be, you know, a student or they can be in high school or they can be whoever they are at this very moment, but we just want to like showcase their, like their voices and their stories and just Mm -hmm. to show that we are amazing individuals as, especially as indigenous people. And like, you know, we're not even supposed to be here right now. And, you know, we've beat all those odds and stuff. And so it's beautiful to like kind of come together and yeah, there's so many stories out there, and, and I encourage any um, Indigenous and non-Indigenous reporters to continue finding those stories um, because they're out there and they're not being told. Mm-hmm. Um, I can only do so much, so we, we need more help. We need more Indigenous reporters, and uh, the more the better, I say. Um, how long was your schooling? So you went, because did you, is it like an undergrad and then journalism or how does that look like? So it's a, uh, for, it was a four-year program. So after grade 12, I took um, two years of, of university classes. So the English, math, and the language, and the science. And then um, I applied for journalism school at the University of Regina. Um, there's an application process, whether or not you get hired or, or, or let into the school. And then once you're in the journalism school, you do about three semesters. So about a year and a half of schooling. And then one semester is an internship. Um, I got to do two internships. I got to do one in the summertime and I got to do one in the fall. Um, I, I got to work at the Star Phoenix uh, newspaper in Saskatoon oh, okay. and that was a lot of fun it was kind of when I was working there I wanted to challenge myself because I was already working in broadcast and I wasn't doing too much print so I wanted to work in in the print setting and, and kind of get my brain wrapped around mm-hmm. how to write a print story properly and and I was thankful for the Star Phoenix for letting me work there for the summer it was it was a lot of fun living in Saskatoon and and seeing all my friends from Saskatoon as well. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, we kind of talked about growing and what that means and changing and becoming uncomfortable. And I know you just got settled in at your new job, but what what do you think that'll look like in a few years or where do you kind of see yourself going next? Where? Um, with this job here, um, 
I work in the Ottawa News Bureau downtown, so it's just about a block away from the hill. I look out the window mm -hmm. and I can see Mint Hill. Um, but I'm here during a pandemic. So a lot of the yeah. stories right now, all my interviews are done uh, like, like this, like on Zoom. So I've been doing mm -hmm. all those interviews and just staying in the office. Once the vaccines get distributed to everybody and once we go back to somewhat a, a new normal, Mm -hmm. um, there'll be a lot more traveling. Um, there's about four of us in Ottawa, uh, national reporters, and um, we take turns on who gets what story and where we're going to go. So there'll be times where a reporter will follow the prime minister if he has to go overseas for something, and we need to follow him. So maybe one day I could be halfway across the world following the prime minister and reporting on what he's doing in China or what he's doing in the United States. Um, yeah, it just depends. I just got to stick, stick to working in the office and put in the work and maybe I'll get that chance one day. That's so exciting. That's so cool. And we hope you do. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I look forward to it. Wow. It's, it's, a, it's a big responsibility to go halfway across the world and then report on what the prime minister is doing. I can't even imagine myself doing that. Um, I won't, it won't sink in until I'm actually flying mm -hmm. with him, flying to where he's going. Yeah, that'll be so cool. You'll definitely have to let us know. Like, we'll have to do like another episode in like a year and a half once you've been settled and, you know, COVID is kind of at the back of our lives. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, for sure. But. What else? And then, yeah, and you have your baby on the way too. So that's like another big thing and, you know, work and babies and it's all the fun. So you're doing May. So I'm so excited. I hope that you, well, I hope that Tessa, right? Tessa has a really uh, good birthing experience and I uh, definitely just support her every way that you absolutely can. And, you know, the, <laughs> the nights and stuff and, oh yes. Yeah, so I'm excited yeah. for you to like experience, uh, parenthood and i mean you guys already have you guys have two right um yeah so did get to do it from like the infant stages the cuddles are amazing and don't buy yeah. the mama rue man <laughs> yeah. um it's a lot of it'll be a lot of uh yes dear yes dear yes dear yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and helping out where i can so on top of uh going to work every day so oh yeah are you gonna like do you get to take a leave for a bit or yeah, um, my other my other uh, coworkers from the like the local stations, they were able to take uh, some months off. Oh, okay. Um, so I, I could probably do the same here mm -hmm. on the road. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be good. Well, do you have any other questions, Lexi? This has been such a great interview, and like you are very like well spoken, and it's just been so good. Like your insight and just you know like the knowledge that you hold and the way you present yourself has been really great. And I'm so happy that you were able to share with us. Like we really appreciate you and just everything that you are about. Happy to help. I'm so excited. Yeah, so excited to display like your journey with our with our listeners to be able to like. Yeah. I have like a little quote hanging up here because I always think about it when I'm like putting in work or seeing where I want to go next. And it like says, we are who we are longing for. So it's like becoming the role model that we once wanted to be. And I think that you do a really good job about that, being able to like share your story of progression of being able to like watch the news and watch Nelson Bird and then be able to like go and work under him. And then now you're like, your own role model that people are going to be looking up to like you are you're your own nelson bird now i think for this next generation and that's like super special to have with our listeners yeah. thank you no I, uh, I i remember uh growing up and watching lloyd robertson um before he retired and watching silda flam uh go and do reports out of afghanistan and then in university watching omar sajadina and daniel hamanjan and Tom Walters, Tom Walters is, is like such a pro when he tells stories. I saw his story on Larry King and he's so poetic in any story he does. And I look up to all of these great veteran reporters and all of a sudden I'm working alongside them now. So I'm just, I'm blown away and I'm trying my best every day to try and do my job. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I have to take a seat back and say, wow, I get to work with all these great people, these great veterans of with, with these great resumes and uh, 
you know, also the fact that um, I was watching CTV national news growing up and not seeing myself there, but also like appreciating those people in those positions, but not seeing myself. And mm -hmm. now that I get to be at this position um, and, you know, I, I, I hope that, you know, young indigenous students, whether they're in grade school, high school or university, they can see themselves now mm -hmm. um, working. Uh, they can see themselves working at a national stage at CTV, CTV News and we'll have more journalists um, because of this. We'll see more indigenous national reporters because of this. I think that's so important. It's like a very beautiful thing. Yeah. It all comes full, full circle. Yeah. One last question. I think this is a question I like to ask all of our guests that come on. Um, what are you reading? What have you been reading lately? Or what is like one book you would recommend to our listeners? Oh my gosh. <laughs> what? I do a lot of reading with all the news articles. Uh, so when I get home, I honestly don't do a lot of reading <laughs> i give my mind a break yeah that's um, understandable but I, I i just read a story on the bbc and my friend brian pacifume with the sun the toronto sun also did the story about this uh young uh well mid-30s uh metis professor in ottawa here uh he he um grew up on the streets homeless and today he's a professor in ottawa um an indigenous studies professor i believe mm -hmm. and it was a really really interesting story bbc just did a story on him and mm -hmm. um it just goes to show that we're resilient and we can get through anything and it was a really good story so if anybody's listening and they want to read that story bbc Indigenous Métis professor, type that in on Google and you'll see the story. He's, he's from Ottawa. Yeah, I actually, really good story. I just actually, I was scrolling through Facebook today and I saw that and I clicked on it and I didn't read it, but I like saved it. Um, so yeah. And he's, he's got a book too and everyone's saying read his book. Read his so, book. Wow. Yeah. That's super cool. It's funny you asked me that because I just read that story today. I love it. That was we'll a great recommendation. It also gives me like kind of from the ashes jesse thistle mm -hmm. vibes which is also a great I think that's story. him jesse thistle yeah i could do a search right now but i think that's him I that's probably him then yeah. i think it rings the bell like <laughs> me it gives me just jesse thistle vibes it's actually jesse thistle <laughs> pretty sure that's him it's a remarkable it's, book as well I it is jesse thistle it is yeah. oh okay that's i just read that i just read yeah that's him i just read that today it's a really good story it's a great story i'd recommend reading the book crease and it was it's beautifully written and they use juxtaposition really well to keep you engaged and it it's it's a beautiful way to story tell so nice Wow. Yeah. yeah, I just That's sent awesome. uh, our. I just sent that book to one of my friends that lives in the north. So oh yeah, he could read. Yeah, because yeah. she wanted to read it from the ashes, and so I was able to get it to her. So, yeah, that's that's uh, so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. I mean, when we bring up something like that, it, it all comes connected together. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. All right. Well, yeah. do you have any more questions for us, Creason? Or any final thoughts and on it all? Um, Any yeah, advice no, um, to us? Um, I, I wish you all the best on your journey ahead. And both of you, you both of you guys, both of you two girls are, are killing it. Women <laughs> yes. are killing it. And uh, I'm glad. And if I can uh, support both of you anyway, uh, definitely by being on the show, I, I, I'm here. And, and uh, I'm glad uh, media is paying attention and doing stories on you because what you're doing is important. Thank you. Yeah, it was uh, it was a shock when they messaged us. And so it was really cool that they were able to come and do it. And they really like took our story and did it so beautifully. And I think, you know, when I started the comeback like two years ago and we started sharing the stories, I think you actually got us on the media the first time too. And so it's been really cool to kind of see, like we started oral storytelling in the clothes and honey, I'm not that great at the clothes thing, but, <laughs> um, but so now transitioning transitioning it all right 
<laughs> my English, my brain, I'm like didn't really sleep last night. Hunter is um, teething right now. Like he's only 11 weeks and he's getting two teeth. This is not normal. So oh, yeah. he's been like, oh, so grumpy this whole weekend. I can't put him down. And he's been such like a great baby where like, I've been very blessed. Like he sleeps through the night and I can just kind of set him down and he and like, you know, so it's been a really big um, shift for me. And so the last couple of days I've just been so tired. And um, like today I, guess I like fell back asleep after I took the dogs to daycare and um, I woke up and my mom was in the house at lunchtime and I didn't know she was coming. I like woke up and I was like, where, what, what am I doing right now? So yeah, I'm excited for you to experience parenthood. <laughs> It'll be good. It'll yeah. be good. <laughs> yeah, so. But yeah, so yeah, I guess we were at, we're at 55 minutes. So that was a really good um, episode and like your questions and your answers. And um, is there any advice that you would give to like your younger self or like the listeners that are listening right now? Um, my younger self, I would say, say yes to a lot of more things so you can grow faster. Mm -hmm. That's always important. Um, and I wish I could tell my younger self that I, I wish I would traveled more um, because once you're done high school and get into university, you know, you're, you're stuck kind of, yeah, kind of in that mode of getting your degree done. And then once work gets there, you're stuck getting your work done. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess for the people listening, always say yes to things so you can grow and, and get out of your shell. Um, but also, um, travel, travel as much as you can, uh, no matter how, um, whether that's with friends or, or, or saving money and, and put it on the calendar and, and buy a flight. Of course, after we get through this COVID <laughs> yeah. right now, uh, we were supposed to go to Japan last year and then the pandemic happened. So, uh. Now I'm kicking myself and just <laughs> waiting until everything come, comes back to normal. Did you guys uh, book your normal. flights and stuff? No, no, we were just talking about it. Oh, that's um, good. Thankfully, so we didn't have to like do go through that process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, um, and, and yeah, in terms of uh, my words to the younger generation, um, I, I always tell the younger generation this. Um, speak what you want in your life say it out loud put it out there in the universe mm -hmm. pray pray about it and talk to your family and, and see how they can support you in following your dream mm -hmm. um, always have a strong support system with you whether that's your mom or your dad or your mushroom or your cookum um, and if something's bothering you give them a call because I always, I always fall back on my family if, if I'm going through something and I give them a call and that's my support. Um, another thing that I want the youth to do is, this is what I did when I was in university, is, is write something on your wall. If, if, whether you have a goal, write your goal on, on a piece of paper and put it on the wall. That way when you wake up, you'll see it every day. Or put it in the bathroom. You'll see that goal and just keep working at it every day and... Um, when I was in university, I, I, uh, I stumbled and I lost focus and I failed and I stepped away from school because my marks were getting low. I was like, okay, time to take a break. And I just worked. Finally, when I went back to school uh, after CTV, um, I wrote something on my, my wall to, to remind me just to keep working at it. I wrote, keep moving forward. And I just put that on my wall. And, and, I, and I also put another thing on my wall that said, uh, don't let it stop you twice because I stopped. I, I gave up and I took a break from school. Mm -hmm. So those were my two sayings on my wall. And it really helped because I woke up and I saw that every day. And I just kept working at it, especially when I was having struggles with trying to write an essay or put an assignment together. Mm -hmm. um, so setting goals, but also putting reminders is important. Those are very wise words. Thanks for sharing them. I have them all written down on sticky notes. <laughs> awesome. Put them on her wall. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, we're going to make some posts. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's good. 
Should All I do right. our outro like I'm a news reporter? Yeah, do yeah. do our just outro. To, just to stay in theme, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay. Are you are you grabbing your ukulele? No, I'm a news reporter. Oh, okay. I'm not Pele the ukulele on the news. <laughs> it could be like at the end of the show end of the newscast you can bust off the ukulele yeah i'll wait to see it on the national news then <laughs> i'll ship you a ukulele please Chris. Yeah. all right all right well thanks for coming to us live from our own bedrooms over zoom today we had Chris and ajakuti who shared a lot of wise words with us and we're very thankful stay tuned Next week, when we have another guest that we're not revealing yet. <laughs> See you later. Right. I like that. I like that. All righty. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. And again, we will talk to you guys in another week. So enjoy. I think. Uh,